Hey guys, this is Mike, and you're listening to Feeling Twisty. I'm really glad you're here. A listener asked me to talk about a particular lecture of Neville's from 1967, The New Christology. Now, at first glance, this lecture seems like a very Bible-heavy, uh, which is okay. You don't ever have to have read the Bible or been grown up in church to understand what Neville's saying here. He's uh, speaking to people. Back in the 60s, you know, a lot of people had grown up, raised in very strict doctrines and uh, going to church every Sunday. And you may have done that as well, just like I have. And this lecture not only fulfills the request of the listener to ask me to talk about it, but it's also perfect for answering a couple of questions from another listener. So this works out perfectly for me for today's episode. In uh, summary, what this lecture is talking about, Neville's saying that we have thought of and we're taught that Christ, spoken of in the Bible and preached uh, in churches, was this man a couple of thousand years ago, the only Son of God who hung on the cross and had to shed blood for any chance of us having redemption or salvation. If we don't believe that, don't say the right phrase, the right sentence in the right church, then we're, we're going to hell going to hell in a handbasket with all the other people that don't believe. But what he's saying is that that's not what it is. This Christ spoken of in the Bible is not a specific individual. It is the power and the wisdom of God. It is what is in all of us. It is all of us. And I'm going to read a few quotes from this particular lecture right now. Jesus Christ, your own wonderful human imagination, is the way to everything in the world but specifically to the Father. Today, billions of dollars are being spent on anti-poverty programs, yet the one consuming thing we need, which will not cost one nickel, is a new Christology, a new way of thinking of Christ as the human imagination. Christ is the cause of everything, but as long as the churches mislead the world by teaching he is on the outside as one who lived and died 2,000 years ago to whom you should turn and pray, you will never find him. Poverty can never be overcome on the outside, no matter how much money is given to the poor. Only when the poor man is told that he is the source of all life and taught how to turn and pray to himself will he overcome poverty. So the outstanding need is to teach this new Christology to tell everyone you meet that Christ is the human imagination. For without this knowledge, I don't care what you do, you will never bring your desires into fulfillment. Recognize your own wonderful human imagination as the only God, the only Lord Christ Jesus, for besides Him there is no other. So the outstanding need this day is for a new Christology, a new knowledge of Christ, a completely new thinking of the human imagination. Until this is done, unnumbered billions will be appropriated to fight poverty to no avail. You can never give a poor man enough to satisfy him. And the day you stop giving, he will cut your throat. <laughs> what Neville's saying here is that we need to take everything, all of these preconceived notions, everything that we were taught and held on to, believing that things outside of us are what needed to uh, find redemption and find salvation that we need to rely on the government for aid, that we need to rely on a church for salvation or some person uh, spoken of 2,000 years ago. 
that anything on the outside of us needs to be tossed in the long grass, heave it, get rid of it, and realize that Christ, that the Bible's talking about you and me. And this is a verse, this isn't in his lecture, but this particular verse in Galatians, I've never heard a preacher ever talk about this verse. I, and I was raised in church, but it's in Galatians chapter 4, verse uh, starting at verse 21. I'm not going to read the whole thing. But what it's saying there, Paul is saying, you know the story of Abraham, how he and his wife Sarah were very old and she was barren and couldn't have children. And then so he, God told him he was going to bear a son. And so he hooks up with Hagar and they have a son, Ishmael. But then Sarah gets pregnant. This whole story, Paul says it right there in Galatians. This is an allegory. He's saying that Sarah represents the new Jerusalem from above, from within you. And Hagar represents the flesh, the natural. And it's all allegory. And in the beginning of the New Testament, whoever wrote Matthew gives uh, puts Jesus in the lineage of Abraham. He you know, all the begats, Abraham begat Isaac and da-da-da-da-da, all the way through David and all the way to Jesus, connecting him. And if Abraham and Sarah, that whole thing is allegory, then how could it become real by the time Jesus is mentioned in the New Testament? So it's all allegory, but it's a great and wonderful truth. It's not the only text that talks about this. This has been taught for eons, that the power is within. It's always within, but regardless of the myths you're reading from uh, other ancient peoples, other ancient texts, they're personified in story form as these characters, but these characters are just states of mind, all within us, pointing to the one true power within us. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul says, From now on we regard no one from a human point of view. Even though we once regarded Christ from a human point of view, we regard him thus no longer. Paul was saying that, yeah, I used to, I used to buy into what folks were teaching, that it was this man, but now I realize it's not. It's within us. Because Paul also says in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Jesus Christ is in you? And he's not saying it's another person, a second personality inside you, because in 1 Corinthians, Paul says, Christ is the power and the wisdom of God. It's you. That's what gives life to everything you experience. And Neville sums it up so beautifully by just calling it your own wonderful human imagination. Now, I've talked to a number of people that grew up in church and, you know, were just like me, really believed everything the ministers were telling us. But it wasn't until I really started looking at the scriptures and realizing it's not some specifically holy book that's better than anything else. No, these stories have been around well before the, the chronology in the Bible. It's all pointing to the power within you. Neville says, if I tell you who Christ is and testing, you find him as your human imagination. Does it matter what the world thinks? Initially, when I started finding these, these truths in the Bible and hearing Neville explain it so clearly, I was like that. I did worry what people would think. Oh, what, 
what will my family think? What will the church think? What will all my Christian friends? But I'm telling you, once I, I got to a point and I experienced too much, and any concern for what anybody thinks just dried up, disappeared. Because so once you experience truth, what, what does it matter what anybody thinks? What does it matter what anybody insists that you believe? Don't test it just because I'm telling you or because Neville says it. The Bible even says, test yourself. Test yourself. Do you not realize that Jesus Christ, the power and the wisdom of God, is in you? That's your own wonderful human imagination. So in this lecture, Neville, is, he talks about uh, government aid and poverty programs. But it works for anything that you rely on outside of you. He's saying, drop all of that. Just like in his lecture, the pearl of great price. Drop all reliance, all reliance on anything outside of you, whether it's a particular religion or astrology or tarot cards. CNN or Fox News or the Republicans or the Democrats or government aid. Drop all reliance on it and turn to the one and only true power, yourself. You are giving life to all of your experiences. Whatever your present situation is, it's only a state, a state of mind. And you can assume a new state, a lovelier state, at any moment, in an instant. Neville says, there is no limit placed upon your human imagination, save that which you place upon yourself. Your financial, social, and intellectual pictures are as limited as you make them. All within you, you and you alone, have the ability to enlarge your concept of causality. Plant and reap your every desire. Now you may be listening to me and you're thinking of things in your life and you're hollering back at, the, at your phone or however you're listening to me and you're saying, but Mike, I didn't cause this. I didn't do this and that and that. Neville says, you have always been doing this, but your memory is so short you do not recognize your own harvest. If your memory awoke, you would see that everything happens because you at one time imagined it, mostly in fear, and then dropped it. You have planted the seeds of the tares and the wheat, the events and circumstances of your world, but have forgotten the planting. So I tell you, you are as free as you want to be if you will believe in Christ. He is not on the outside, but in you, as your own wonderful human imagination. He wants uh, Neville saying to liberate yourself, and I want you to liberate yourself. Liberate yourself from all of the doctrines that you grew up with or the rules of society. Liberate yourself from what the news channel is saying about the, about e the economy or about jobs reports, about pandemics and murder hornets and you know, whatever else may come up and turn to the only source, the cause of everything you've experienced in life, your human imagination. So quit the begging and the pleading and wondering if it's God's will or what will the church think. Dump it all. 
heave it out the window and turn within. Knowing what I want, reason may tell me I can't get it and my senses may deny that I have it. But believing that my own wonderful human imagination is Christ and trusting myself, I assume I have it and drop it right there. I do not concern myself with what means will be employed for me to get it. I simply believe I already have it. I'm going to reread that last part. I do not concern myself with what means will be employed for me to get it. I simply believe I already have it. And that brings me to my first question from another listener. She mentioned several things in her recent email. And uh, she wanted to know, uh, asked me for some tips about, you know, a couple of things she wanted. She said she wanted a new, new and free, to, uh, free to her, no cost, bicycle, and a new and free wardrobe. And this quote from the New Christology is perfect for that. Knowing what I want, reason may tell me I can't get it, and my senses deny it. But believing that my own imagination is Christ, trusting myself, I assume I have it and drop it right there. I do not concern myself with what means will be employed for me to get it. I simply believe I already have it. So I would tell her not to worry about it being free. If I'm so concerned, and this is from my own experience, I, I used to do the same thing. Okay, I've got it. I want this, but I, want it, I need it to be free. And then I just took a look at myself and asked myself, why, why does it need to be free? Because I believe I don't have financial freedom. Ah, I believe I'm broke, that I can't afford it. That's why I'm putting these conditions on it. It has to be free. I want to tell her just to let that go, that restriction that it has to be free. It certainly could be free. But go to the end of what you want for the bicycle. Now, I know this particular woman knows the Western Gate, what Neville calls the Western Gate, using the sense of touch and imagination. Imagine you're on the bike. Feel it. Feel the seat on your seat. <laughs> Feel the handlebars in your hands and the wind blowing in your face as you ride down the street. Enjoy the thrill of riding this new bike with no concern on whether it cost or, what it, or, or if it was free. No concern whatsoever. Don't be concerned with the means on how you got to that point. Feel the bike under your body as you ride down the street. That's a suggestion. You don't have to do that, but that's a perfect way, a wonderful way to bring in the sense of touch in your imagination. And the new wardrobe. Feel the new outfit on your body or something like that, clothing yourself or opening your closet, seeing all the wonderful new clothes. Whatever your end is, whatever implies your wish is fulfilled with no concern about how you got it. Going to the end opens up unlimited possibilities and, and wonderful ways your wish can be fulfilled. So don't restrict it with uh, it having to be a certain price or it has to be free. She also asked me for daily techniques concerning Neville Goddard's teaching. Well, Neville says that you're always assuming. You can never stop assuming. You could no more stop assuming than you could stop breathing and survive. <laughs> 
So we're always assuming things into being. So my answer to that is not a specific rigid schedule of sessions and meditation, which is all fine. I love doing it. I love taking some time and just getting into the silence. But I don't always do it every day. I used to because I thought I had to, that I had to nail the techniques or follow some rules until I realized I was doing the same thing with what Neville teaches that I was doing with church. I was creating this dogma that I had to live by. If everything is coming from your own imagination, don't listen to anybody that says it has to be this way, a particular way. So I'm not going to give you any strict regimen to follow daily, except to tell you to notice your reactions to the events of the day. Notice what you're thinking and feeling, because that will tell you what state you're in, your dwelling place. And if you don't like the way you're reacting, it's time to get clear on what you want. What do you want to experience in life? And move into that new state of consciousness, that new state of being. Who do you want to be now? Assume that feeling and that desire by moving into that new state, that the need for it, the desire, the urgency for it, it falls away. It drops. Not because you don't, you're not going to get it anymore. No, because you've already moved into the state of mind, the state of being where you already have that, the money, the health, the relationship. So the burning desire is gone. You've planted the seed. And now all you need to do without effort is to sustain that feeling. And if you have doubt, you start thinking, well, maybe I didn't, you know, where is it? Now remind yourself, I've already experienced this. I know that my imagination is the one true source, is the one true power, and that whatever I imagine and assume to be true will come about in this physical arena. It has to, because I've been doing it all along, my entire life. And every time you have a desire, even the silly things, accept them as done. Assume that it's done. You've placed your order. You've done it in imagination, and it must come about. She asked about a, an ongoing skin condition that she has, and we've talked about it before. And this quote from Neville's lecture, I Remember When, is, is perfect for this. He says, look at yourself in the mirror and dare to see radiant health and happiness reflected back to you. Then say within yourself, I remember when my reflection was so different. Persist in seeing your new image reflected there, and you will resurrect that state. Your image, your concept of yourself or of another, is in your own wonderful human imagination. Who is Christ? And Christ is the only God. God the Father and Christ your creative power are the same thing. Therefore, He has never left you. So every time you look, in your, look at yourself in the mirror, see yourself radiant and healthy and your skin is clear. Fall in love with that, that image. Send me your stories, your questions. If you have a particular lecture you want me to talk about, let me know. Find me at, uh, on Instagram and Facebook, Feeling Twisty. And shoot me an email if you'd like, feelingtwisty at gmail.com. I love you guys. This is Feeling Twisty.